It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now... Here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in here to Talent Talk and joining me as we uh, venture forward here. I think this might be the last show of March uh, before I run off on a little vacation, but uh, thank you everyone here for tuning in. We happen to be in the studio, which is a unusual event uh, with as much travel as I do and stuff. We end up taping this sort of virtually and my producer mike has joined me in the studio today so it's it's like it's the good old days anyways um in case this is the first time you happen to be tuning into the show welcome thank you for being a part of it and let me give you a little understanding about why we even exist um basically um you know i like to ask smart people a lot of questions to see what i can learn from them and what things they might be able to share to help my own company and and those people that around me that i know that that want to learn and grow and, and learn new things. So um, this show is really designed to bring in those smart people and have those great conversations and hopefully get an inspiration or something from them that uh, something we can do. Uh, in fact, uh, so many of these uh, great stories have come in the door that I just recently uh, published my first book called The Power of Company Culture. It's a lot about my own story about my company, but many, many stories from the radio show, some of the best uh, that we talked about and, and the best pieces of wisdom and and kind of cool things that came up so you can check that out get on amazon or anywhere else you buy books um, talent talk is live every tuesday 1 p.m pacific standard time and it can be accessed after the fact as most of you actually get it on itunes you can listen on iHeartRadio. you can also go to talenttalkradio.com we're averaging over 10,000 people a day coming in downloading at least one of our shows and interacting with us and a big thank you to everyone who's uh, keeping up the great support we love to also have interaction during the show and after. We do that on Twitter. Just that seems to be the easiest place to do it. Um, if you want to tweet us a question, a suggestion, a comment, whatever it may be, send it to at peopleg 2 Use that hashtag, Talent Talk. My producer, Mike, will feed me in the best questions, and we'll try to work them in the show. We'll also be doing a live uh, chat thing tomorrow, uh, HR chat. Uh, so we'll look for that. If you follow me on Twitter, we'll be doing that on about workplace uh, bullying. All right, I have two great guests on my show today. My uh, first guest will be Sean Ebner, the uh, president of People Ready. Uh, Sean will be followed by my second guest after we take a commercial break, uh, Josie uh, Bartres, the vice president and director of human resource program design and management, take a breath, at East West Bank. Anyways, let's go ahead and bring in my first guest. Uh, Sean, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with you, Chris. Thank you. So why don't you tell all our listeners a little bit about yourself, what's important for us to know about you, and of course, uh, what you guys do over there at People Ready. 
That'd be my pleasure. So, as you mentioned, the president of People Ready, I've been with People Ready, a true blue company, since June of uh, last year. I've been uh, in the staffing recruitment industry for about 20 years in, in consulting, enterprise consulting before that. And, um, you know, People Ready is a leading player in the industrial staffing segment with a fairly broad reach. So we provide temporary on-demand general labor as well as highly skilled workers uh, to various industries across North America. So we're in all 50 states, Canada and Puerto Rico, and uh, do, it, like I said, a, a wide range of things, uh, focusing in on blue-collar industries, you know, construction, manufacturing, logistics, waste, recycling, uh, hospitality, and a group of other uh, areas of specialization. Well, great. And, and and sort of, you know, your path, you know, uh, how long have you been with people already? And have you kind of always been in this industry or did you come from somewhere else? I started my career with Anderson Consulting, which became Accenture and um, moved into the staffing industry. Gosh, it's been 16 years, perhaps. Um, and I've been a part of most of the categories within staffing. So professional, IT, uh, the medical and joined people ready at the in the summer of last year to take over the uh, people ready business for true blue and uh, help us along in our transformation and, and I know there's a lot of uh, staffing companies out there we work with a lot of them uh, throughout the country but maybe you could talk a little bit about what really defines your company and kind of sets you know your talent and what you guys do apart from the others yeah, you bet. So we specialize in a wide range of blue-collar industries, and I mentioned uh, a few of them. I think that some of the things that define us is that we are clearly the industry leader in the on-demand category where someone might call us uh, with a need today for, let's say, 20 folks. And given that we have 650 locations uh, just about everywhere we would need to be to service customers locally and nationally, uh, that is a key differentiator. We put about 300,000, give or take, folks to work uh, last year, and we serve 105,000 businesses in doing that. So the reach and the um, ability to scale both locally and regionally uh, is a key differentiator. And then also we're the industry leader in transforming the acquisition of talent through our JobStack platform, which is something that uh, we rolled out in 2017 and uh, again it's been a, a transformative element in leveraging exchange-based technologies to allow our customers and our associates to come together and um, provide work and provide solutions for customers in a much more streamlined and efficient way. You know I, there may be certainly a lot of people out there that are listening that use staffing firms understand maybe ha sort of get the business model for them, but there may be a lot of people that maybe haven't used a staffing company and you kind of maybe think, as you said, that, you know, someone calls you up and they need 20 people, you know, tomorrow. That's a, you know, pretty unique request. And it's um, obviously something you guys handle very well um, and with sort of this importance of a contingent staffing model. But maybe you, maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, what, what is it that causes companies to kind of need that, that kind of thing, right? Uh, and what are you guys sort of servicing? If someone calls up and says, hey, I need 20 people, what does it typically look like? It's a great question, and it's, it's got a, a diverse answer, so I'll try and make it succinct, in that the 
talent is one of the most important aspects that any business is going to have. And I think that it's not lost on your listeners that finding talent is increasingly challenging when we have such low unemployment. And that's really across all categories. Uh, the pressure that that put the business in is that it can create burnout, it can create attrition and other unsavory things within a business. And so leveraging firms like PeopleReady or other staffing companies to augment staff provides a very flexible model so that you have the folks that you need when you need them. Uh, and again, the flexibility is the key. So when you look at a lot of the Fortune 100, uh, you see a pretty widespread at this point strategic adoption of a contingent category within the workforce. So when I first got into staffing, I think staffing is a percentage of, I would say contingent workers as a percent of workforce was less than 1%. Uh, now it's exceeded two. If you look at the European model, which is a more mature model, it's in the six to 9% range. And so the maturation of leveraging a contingent element of workforce continues to increase. And there are great reasons for that. Uh, again, it allows you to, to modulate the consumption of talent with business cycles and business needs. And, you know, again, that's gaining more and more momentum as folks are really looking at talent as a holistic solution of what do we need to have as full-time associates uh, versus what can we leverage through consulting services or staffing services. Yeah, and, and I imagine that part of what's important for, for you or the solution that you're delivering is I guess part of it's bodies, right, if they're going to need someone on a very temporary basis. But the other part is to make sure you're delivering the right person, the right, that right human being uh, to the client uh, based on what their need is. So do you guys use a particular maybe assessment tools or any sort of other, you know, process um, to really make sure that you're getting the, the correct people to the right client? Absolutely. I mean, that's where the value comes. That's where the trust comes. Uh, it's not just having... Um, somebody with a pulse that shows up. It's a, having the right person with the right skill sets, uh, both from a skills perspective as well as from a behavioral perspective. And so it, we have an extensive recruitment process that we follow, of course, and that varies based on the skill specialty that we're looking at. Uh, and then we, of course, have a suite of assessments. So we have risk assessments and safety assessments, behavioral assessments, um, and the typical background checks, what have you. Right, right. And so, yeah, I mean, all those things kind of go into all of that. I know you also have a, a job stack program. Um, so maybe you could talk about this sort of an innovative tool or uh, things that you're doing to kind of change the landscape, uh, especially, as you mentioned, in that blue-collar hiring uh, space. Yeah, it's something I'm very excited about. The, um, the leveraging of exchange-based technologies is something that's been in discussion uh, within the staffing industry for the better part of a decade. And the challenges are solving the, the workforce and the customer components simultaneously. And so we feel great about the fact that we're the, the leader in this space in solving that because the use of mobile technology to quickly and more efficiently connect people that are looking for work with the businesses that are looking for workers is going to continue to be ever more important. And so it's uh, obviously something that's gained a lot of attention because it is a transformative event and something that we're leading. It, I think the most significant competitive advantage um, is that it allows much 
faster, more streamlined access to the full labor pool um, by using the technology in the apps because it's a 24 by 7 type platform. And so you, know, you can walk into a branch or you can call a branch or you can connect with us via the mobile applications and, and put all three of those things together. And so JobStack today um, is in use across all of our U.S. operations. And um, a majority at this point of our temporary workforce are transacting their uh, searches and in most situations uh, the assignment part of their business with our job stack platform. Oh, that's really cool. And I mean, to kind of see uh, what's happened, the evolution from the human capital standpoint with apps and mobile and everything, uh, sounds like you guys are really uh, kind of being very forward thinking with that. Uh, I know we've seen huge traction in moving, you know, our applicant experience for background checks to, uh, for my company to the mobile, right? Where applicants can take care of it, just get a text message, take care of their background check. Um, and it makes a really big difference into the experience they have, how quickly it can happen. Um, it sounds like you guys are doing some of those same things and really bringing that solution to the to people uh, and probably able to get better applicants because you're dealing with people. There's the millennial base that maybe doesn't have a computer. You also have other workers that maybe don't have a computer, but they do have a phone, right? And they do have that ability to get on and, and to get that stuff done. And you guys can get people a lot farther, a lot faster probably, uh, and in, in the seats, the right people in the seats to do the job. It's exactly right. So I know you were recently named uh, to the Staffing 100 uh, list of most influential people in the industry. Uh, what is it about your leadership or vision you think that's helping people or kind of bringing this recognition forward? I think it starts with a passion for the business. The, um, you know, the thing that is fascinating about the staffing industry is that when you get into it, generally you happen into it and then you start to recognize how large it is and how important it is really to the support of work within the United States and the countries that we serve. The other aspect is that we really do change lives every day and providing employment is a very special thing. And so, you know, we really believe in the power of work and the tremendous difference that it makes in the lives of those that we're connecting. And so when you see that in you know, the eyes of our associates, you know, walk into any of our 650 branches and you, know, you ask the folks that are working there, our employees, every single one of them can tell you about someone's life they changed that day. And um, you know, that makes it a lot of fun to be part of this business. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so, you know, with as many branches as you have and a company with servicing as many clients as you have and, and, and placing people, you know, is culture something that you feel like you guys have a good handle on or is it something that maybe it's always kind of changing and moving or maybe is very more specific to the local branches? You know, kind of what is the culture like there at People Ready? Yeah, I appreciate the question. Frankly, it's probably the most attractive feature when I decided to join is the, the culture that we have. We have tremendous tenure uh, within the business, and it's folks that are dedicated to things I was talking about and changing lives every day through work. And so I would say that's of the special sauce that people already have is the culture of the, the employees that are working to do it every day um, that really defines us. And so that allows us to do special things because we don't have to worry about 
folks really buying into our mission of um, transforming the workforce in the United States and empowering folks um, through work. Right, right. And, you know, and is it, do you find there's a challenge, though, with with the different locations and being able to manage that part of it? I mean, that's something we hear often on the show that, you know, maybe corporate culture is great, maybe their culture with those that they can hit the most, you know, touch the most are great, but, you know, maybe they struggle with the five offices that, you know, are farther away from the, the heartbeat of it all and, and keeping them aligned or keeping them, you know, up to speed with everything that's happening. Uh, how do you guys handle that, that, that component of it? Yeah, it's a great question. And the way that I would approach it is that the culture in our branches, the folks that are really touching our customers and our associates, that's really where we need to orient. And so I would, what I would, some of that question is that it's not so much making sure that the branches adopt our corporate philosophy, it's really ensuring that all of the corporate functions align with our branch and with our employee philosophy. And so if I would say that there's a challenge or the opportunity is to ensure that all of the things that we are doing organizational uh, from a quote unquote corporate perspective are lined up with that same value structure that our employees have in the field. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, one of our new questions here this year, we've been asking um, our guests, um, and hopefully you have a, a good answer for us, is is there a gadget or an app or maybe something new you've kind of added to your process that's helping you here in the new year uh, that you might share with us? Sure. So aside from ways, um, helping me navigate to our branches and uh, customers, <laughs> right. the, um, the new gadget is you know, it's this JobStack uh, platform. Uh, I use it myself. And it's fantastic in being able to get the talent that I need in my home or at an office uh, simply by transacting through the, the JobStack platform mm-hmm. that I can go in and I can select all of the different types of skills. I can see, I can request the folks that have been here before. We rate and rank our uh, associates. And so I can select five stars should I choose to do that. And it just creates a lot of flexibility in our, in my ability to get the talent that I need. And I know that it does the same for my customers. How about, uh, what are you reading right now? Is there a book that you might share with us or one that you often recommend that people take a look at? There's a couple of good, there's a book I'm reading right now, which is the power of habit. And, you know, it's illustrative on just how powerful the habits that we fall into are and how we can change uh, how we structure that. It's not always easy, but it can be done when you're deliberate about it. And it really, I think, it c- can be very powerful in how you structure your day to achieve the things that you want to achieve. And we all start with our list of things that we want to achieve every day or every week, but our habits can get in the way. And so that's a, a book that I'd recommend. And then there's an old book that uh, it's been revised, but uh, it's a professor I had in uh, business school, and it's the psychology of persuasion. It's uh, you know, some of the references are a little bit dated, but the um, it has really illustrative and science supported callouts to how people make decisions. So the you know, when you talk about appealing to authority or reciprocation. Um, you know, the, the concepts are well explained why 
marketers say 99 out of 100 physicians agree uh, on things that they put on television. Uh, it's really a fantastic read. Right, right. And, and I haven't heard the latter one. It sounds like an interesting book to check out. Certainly the Habit book um, I'm aware of, and it's a great one that uh, if anyone hasn't read it yet, they definitely should. Kind of installing new habits is uh, a really great thing to do. Um, you know, often uh, as we have leaders on our, our program, especially those that are maybe you know, running a, an organization, especially the size of yours, um, there's there's a good story around maybe who who along the road really was inspiration to you from a leadership standpoint. You know, is there a person or maybe a couple people that, you know, from the time you were a kid up until where you are now that really kind of helped shape the kind of leader you are today? And maybe you could talk about that a little bit. And there's so many of them. I, I, uh, I'm a student of history, and Theodore Roosevelt is somebody that's always been someone I've admired, and just the power of focusing energy on things that are important and what he was able to accomplish in a fairly narrow time is really mind-blowing. You talk about other books that you could read. Uh, Theodore Rex uh, describes some of the superhuman things that he was able to do in balancing family and politics and but never losing sight of the importance of his own personal interests in um, the natural world and, and what have you. Something that really inspires me. And so if I'm having a down day, I can think about you know, what Roosevelt would do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it serves as inspiration for me. Right, right. Well, he's a great one. Uh, so uh, we're here at the end of the interview. I really appreciate you being on the show. How can people get a hold of you or learn more about people already? What's the best way for them? If they're interested in learning more to, to reach out and find out. I appreciate it. So, you know, obviously our, our peopleready.com uh, website is a easy way to get to me, LinkedIn. There aren't a whole lot of Sean Edmonds rolling around, so I'm pretty easy to find. If you want to Google search me or uh, go on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to, uh, to field questions and things like that. Well, fantastic. Sean, thank you again for being a part of the show. Congratulations on the success, and uh, hopefully you can come back and give us an update on how you guys are doing at some point. Um, we can learn other cool things from you. It'd be my pleasure, Chris. Thank you for having me. All right, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break, and we'll come right back with our second guest, Josie Bartres. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news, or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. If you're just joining me, you missed a great uh, interview with Sean Ebner, uh, president of People Ready. But uh, you can listen to the entirety of this episode or any other episode we've done over the last, what, four or five years, whatever it's been, on iTunes. You can go listen to us on iHeartRadio. Uh, or go to talenttalkradio.com. We've got them all there. So 
Uh, my next guest is uh, Josie Batris, um, the Vice President and Director of HR Program Design and Management at East West Bank. Uh, don't forget to send your questions to us uh, at PeopleG2. Just pop in that question, add that hashtag talent talk, all one word, and we will do our best to interact with you ASAP. So, uh, Josie, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. But why don't you uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what's important for us to know here in the context of this conversation, and, you know, what you're doing over there at East West Bank. Sure, thank you. Well, you know, I, I've been in HR for almost 20 years now, and I've seen a lot of change um, in the more recent um, past 10 years. I could now say that our work in HR is much more compelling and fascinating. I think that, you know, things like culture, transformation, organizational development, bringing a vision to change the way business thinks, operates, and how work gets done is far more interesting than how when I started HR back in the day. So I'm, I'm very happy to uh, be in this line of work, and I think that it's, uh, it's getting much more interesting by the day. So that being said, I'm you know, I started East West Bank not too long ago, um, last summer, and I was brought in to help redefine new people programs around performance management, recognition, and leadership. Obviously, all of this being grounded on corporate values and the business model of the bank. So we've started that journey, and, you know, it, it feels like the journey is definitely to get the HR um, team and Army together under one vision and understanding where the business is going because it's, it's changing constantly. So that's just the work in front of us right now. And it sounds like you have a lot there uh, kind of going and really having to focus on, um, you know, certainly the world of HR, as you said, is, is kind of changing and getting more complex and getting um, more responsibilities even. I mean, it, it, with more and more strategic um, and kind of culture uh, initiatives and things in there. Maybe you could talk about how you feel that East, Way, East West Bank is doing, maybe from a talent perspective, um, you know, what's innovation or it might be uh, what is kind of setting you apart inside the, you know, the banking industry. Sure. So, you know, I just have a little bit of a backdrop story to that. So last August, you know, the bank hired a new head of consumer banking to lay out the digital banking business model. That change alone will have and continue to have and continues to have a significant ripple effect for how HR is recruiting for talent, developing and retaining talent. So in this sense, this is definitely creating a sense of urgency for HR to adopt a consultative approach to interacting with the business leads and, and making change management efforts happening. So that's on the HR side inside. But I think what's happening is, is that, you know, we're, we're projecting that we have an edge. And so those that are in the technology space, uh, in the FinTech area, you know, those that are coming in for opportunities to help us define that path and be part of it, I think, is it's what's going to uh, present itself as an opportunity. And in turn, it's about us making um, a, a strong employer value proposition uh, present, you know, for that talent and also impacting how we're 
retaining our, our, um, our existing workforce as well. So in a sense, it's going to be an opportunity for HR to look inward and to reassess, you know, what we need to change from a, um, from a talent model perspective. And, and so with all the different things that you guys are doing and the possible focuses, um, that your organization may have and with what you're charged to do, what do you kind of feel is your most important areas of focus right now? One of the areas is I already mentioned is, is definitely performance management, but it, it connects to, um, I would say, leadership here at East West Bank, um, being able to bring clarity on what a leadership role means at East West Bank and what insights we're looking from our leadership team, um, you know, how are they uh, providing an example of the organizational values? How are they leading through their own, um, you know, uh, ways of explaining what's imperative for the, for the bank to, to uh, engage in in terms of day-to-day um, goals and objectives? So it's about really putting an emphasis on leadership bringing an emphasis on bringing, um, having leadership bring that energy, that clarity, and that inclusiveness to help um, strengthen the culture, I think is, is definitely a key area. And alongside with that is, is bringing more rigor and more structure on our performance management model. You know, it, it certainly seems like um, if I look at your company in a, in a general sense of being a bank and we look at my company in general sense of providing background checks I mean, we it's very easy for people to assume that our companies are all alike you know that, that you know with everyone else in our industry anyone else that uh, might be a similar company to ours would would be the same right so how do you then kind of differentiate yourself as a company amongst you know many other banks um, and and really as you focus out i mean certainly it's you're not charged to 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 do that focus from a customer standpoint your your focus is really as an employer of choice so how do you differentiate yourself in that regards as you're bringing in talent and from an hr you know perspective uh that's a great question and i like the uh you know the analogy of 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 you know gaining that customer insight as well so to, to that, I, I think we want we definitely are becoming much more data and feedback um, oriented. We're, we're bringing that focus inward, um, and so we want to make sure that we have different ways of collecting feedback through a number of either high touch or low touch mechanisms and um, and opportunities that we can gather feedback. If it's from recruiting, if it's from um, a, um, a development um, check-in um, opportunity. We want to use that feedback to really bring uh, more structure around the plant, uh, around the employee uh, workforce programs that we're developing. And we want to be able to customize everything that we do for the bank, from re- from how we launch a recruiting campaign all the way through putting together a performance management and leadership program. So um, the way for us to learn more about what the business needs is by collecting feedback from the business and our employees. So we're in the early stages of that, but I I do see us engaging more and investing more time and energy in this side of the house 
within HR. Right, right. And I know you're in previous work, um, before your current role, you did a lot with human and social capital. So has that kind of impacted your approach and what you're doing now, or is it just, you know, completely different? It is, it is different. It, it is a different uh, model, you know, um, than what I'm accustomed to. I think that just is definitely, um, you know, East Coast Bank is its own, obviously, unique culture and, and unique, uh, you know, business uh, model and, and, uh, as a whole. But I, I think that no matter what company you're working for, um, the fact is, is that HR is definitely a driver for advancing the purpose of the bank, the vision of the organization, and empowering its people to do great work. So that, you know, that can be applied anywhere you work, and, and that's definitely an area of focus for us right now. And in addition to that, I think that I would add that, you know, in prior roles, and this is no different, leaders can scale culture and, and can do so in a very strong way, and that when companies hire leaders to, you know, expand the business, it's a, it's a, it's a great decision. But also, I think that I've seen leaders be very um, selective on how they hire leaders because they want to make sure that they bring in leaders that share the values of the organization. So that is obviously a positive experience and in win-win for, for any organization. So I think that those two things, um, no matter where you are in the industry or small bank, big bank, you know, those are key things to always keep in mind. Right, right. Well, uh, I know in your LinkedIn profile you state uh, kind of a, a cool little uh, summary that I thought I liked, um, which was the collision of social workplace, organizational culture, demographics, leader ca- leadership capabilities, and business strategy requiring an ongoing listening uh, calibration process to drive the evolution in an organization. And uh, I love the uh, kind of focusing on listening and uh, sort of what we can get out of, you know, working together to bring about positive change in an organization. Can, can you talk about kind of where that statement came from and what really what your focus is as you're, you're looking in on that, that listening and, and calibration component? Yes, I mentioned that, you know, HR is definitely moving into a different space. It's expanding its, its level of involvement in, in the organization. Um, I, so what I mean by this is that, you know, we, we need to look at all of these areas, right, when we do work uh, with, with our business clients and our employees. We need to look at the culture. We need to look at the demographics. We need to understand our leadership capabilities. We need to understand the business and where it's going. And this is an ongoing work. I mean, this is work that, you know, we can do um, throughout the year. And so it's about having an ability to listen to the unspoken, being able to calibrate when you know you need to, being able to check in with the business, uh, in many different ways, um, it, that's what I mean. But in addition to that, I think that what I'm also conveying here is that work is getting done in a, in a different way. You know, organizations are reinventing how work is, is getting done. You know, they're creating, they're being very intentional about creating environments where people can collaborate and they're bringing functional teams together a lot quicker and there's a great value for that. Uh, like I, I like I've never seen the word collaboration come up so many times and how people 
um, structure performance, uh, uh, performance management programs. I've never seen the word flexibility and inclusion being used so much, whether it be um, in the technology that is being used to roll out these programs or in how these programs are um, designed to work. I mean, I think that in a big way, companies are sending the message that we need to build work communities and we need to give people a greater sense of purpose beyond their day-to-day roles. And so the only way to do that, or one of the ways to do that, is is to build these ecosystems within the organization that can come together uh, and, and share the innovation, share the responsibility, you know, share the execution of the strategy. And I think some companies are, are doing that and are focusing that and are seeing the benefits of that in a big, big way. And I think that that's, that's not going away. Right, right. Well, um, um, one of our uh, kind of questions we've added this year, and hopefully you have a cool answer for us, is, you know, is there a gadget or an app or maybe something you've added to your process uh, here this year that maybe is really helping you stay on top of things or be more collaborative or innovative or whatever it may be? Um, you know, is there something that you've done that you can share with us? You know, I, I, I did use this app before in a prior company, and it worked great, and um, we don't have it here at the bank. We have another uh, uh, another way that we um, collaborate um, using Skype. But at another uh, company, we used Slack a lot, and that allows for instant collaboration of project. You know, with other teams that are working on similar projects, get communication um, going. And I thought it was a very handy um, way of. Um, of a company using technology to, you know, expand the networks within the organization and really boost that social um, connection that, you know, is, is now part of work. So I like that a lot. Um, and I also like um, this other, uh, it's not an app, it's called IDOU. And they're all about design thinking. And I think HR is you know, it's it's already uh, they have a very good, excellent program on design thinking in general and how you can use it for HR as well. So I'm also interested on that, and um, and that's those are the two things I would say that are kind of popping up in my mind right now. Yeah, those are great, and we you know Slack is great. We use HipChat, uh, very similar. Any of those sort of great programs where you can have that collaboration. You can also store that stuff. It's Awesome. When someone needs a file or a link, you can send them that in that program and they can go back and find it really easily, mm-hmm. right? Later on, instead of searching through your email, what was that document somebody sent me? You know, those are they're great programs for collaboration. Um, you know, what, what about books? Are you reading any uh, great books right now we might want to take a look at? So I, I just, uh, someone gave me this book um, and it's, uh, I just started reading this book and I really like the uh, premise of, of the book, and it's the um, it's the book called Hit Refresh by Satya Nadella, who is the CEO of Microsoft. And so that's, um, I like the book because it really goes on to talk about how he experienced, uh, obviously, becoming the CEO of Microsoft. He, you know, he, he discusses how bringing purpose and empathy and continuous learning in in, uh, in a highly creative environment was part of his you know leader is his, is part of his leadership st- 
style. And, um, and so I thought that that was, you know, that's of interest to me. And so I, I, I'm enjoying the book very much. That sounds like an interesting book to check out. I know this month I've been reading When by Daniel Pink, which is a really fantastic book. And the month before, probably the most expensive book I've ever read, which was Work Clean. And expensive because I have reorganized my office and everything else in my house after reading it. Um, so uh, <laughs> kind of took everything to heart a little too far. Um, you know, it, it, are there any other areas that you're sort of looking towards in the future that you think HR may have to start addressing or thinking about or really, you know, putting energy towards uh, that maybe we're not quite there yet. I mean, it's sort of that forward thinking, if we had a crystal ball, you know, where do you think HR is going to start looking and focusing here in the future? You know, maybe some companies are doing this already and it may not be part of mainstream uh, or maybe it is. I'm not, I'm behind. I don't know which is the case, but I, I feel that leading, I think HR needs to collect narratives from the organization. People love stories. People feel um, they can connect with stories. People feel like they can remember things better through a story. And so I think that if HR can, you know, compile, um, uh, you know, some stories around, you know, how um, the head of marketing, you know, overcame whatever marketing campaign they needed to roll out in order to hit growth earnings. Or the CFO decided to provide a recommendation on this new uh, buyout. So I think grabbing those narratives from the leadership team, I think a lot of those stories go unsaid and they're not valued or they're not being brought to the center stage of an organization and not only will it humanize the leaders of an organization but it will also you know bring that sense of um of culture and purpose and 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 find ways that people can connect to the organization better so i think you know grabbing sometime either i don't know a selfie video or it could be as simple as a selfie video or it could be um you know uh, a a more formal video depending on the on the organizational culture i think that those stories need to be captured and need to be told and need to be shared yeah absolutely and i've seen some recent uh, movement with a company we might be had them on the show or uh, i interviewed them some other place but um they had these videos right where internally like their best salespeople, their best customer service people would take videos of them having a particular interaction with a client to really show and demonstrate to everybody else kind of what that A-plus experience looks like. And the video really kind of gives, it's something that people can watch over and over again to really get it down and, and hear the nuances and you know, get that information as opposed to maybe getting a script or having a training or what have you, mm-hmm. kind of a real-life situation. So there's you know, so much around the stories and having access to the video and that content that people can, can really take in at their own speed. Well, you've shared a lot of really fascinating things today. Um, You know, if there was one thing, if if somebody didn't pay attention the whole time, which can happen, uh, you know, they remembered one thing that you you share with us today, what is it you hope that they might remember? Okay, so I I think that one thing is, uh, I'm going to steal the line from Simon Sinek, you know, ask them, start with the why. (laughs) What's the purpose? Why are we doing this? And if we say, okay, we're doing this because 
blah, 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 then bring in collaboration and bring in that inclusiveness. Um, teams need that anywhere. Right. Well, that's uh, fantastic uh, advice, and certainly uh, anything that Simon sending, uh, sends out, I'm always a fan of reading, so it's a great one. How can people uh, find out more about East West Bank or get a hold of you? Uh, what's the best way for them? if they Maybe they want to come work for you. Maybe they want to come and bank with you. What's the best way for them to find out more? Sure, absolutely. So I have an open LinkedIn profile. Anyone can just send me over an, an invite um, invitation. Um, or they can email me. Um, they can email me at josie.batris at eastwestbank.com. Well, wonderful. Josie, thank you so much for being a part of the show today, providing us such wonderful insights on the work that you're doing there at East West Bank. Um, hopefully we'll have you come back at some point and give us an update on all the cool stuff that you're doing. That would be great. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Hopefully you gained uh, something that you can use in your own career in a positive way. Uh, next week we'll actually be playing a best of show. I'll be traveling and then we'll come back in April and get back to you live. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio brought to you by People G2.